Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 20. We are on episode 20 of the Batter uh, podcast. I, I'm having a rough day folks. This is your host Katie Cupcake and today I am joined by the lovely Dale's Winky Face. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> She's also having a struggle bus day so we're just gonna plow through this podcast it might be longer it might be shorter you're all just gonna have to deal with it also I forgot to add this into the topics but I did want to bring light to it so I figured out how to look at my analytics for the podcast to see like who's listening how often people are listening to because I thought it would be like I didn't know I honestly didn't even know if anybody was listening to it to be to be fair, I knew my boyfriend listens to episodes he's not on, but other than that, like, here and there I know people, like, listen to it, but not, like, whatever. So there is a person fr who is being pinged in Brussels. I can't say for sure they're in Brussels because VPNs are a thing. They've listened to every single episode. Dang. I'm like... Go Brussels. Shout out to that person. Right. Like, thank you so much for the support. That's crazy, and... Thank you. Um, and then we have somebody who's being pinged in like Southern California, which, <clears throat> and then it was like Western Massachusetts. So I don't know who's listening out there because I'm not in West Mass. <laughs> yeah. And so we have Belgium. Brussels is in Belgium. We have somebody from France listening. And. It, it was just, it was just, like, mind-blowing. I was like, oh, there's actual, like, people, like, listening to this <laughs> fairly, fairly consistently. Um, so, yeah, I've, so now SoundCloud, SoundCloud wasn't doing it before, so SoundCloud is where I primarily host the, the podcast, and then it branches off into Spotify, and now on Apple, um, Apple Podcasts, which mm -hmm. is a super, super huge deal because uh, we're in Bangladesh and Japan, the last podcast, and 24 plays out of the U.S., so last week's episode did really well. Um, 20 plays. Let's, let's make another banger then. Yeah. Uh, it just... I feel like I'm gaining traction. Like, I didn't think anybody was listening to it. Now I'm looking at my insights. I'm like, oh, we have some. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, I was going to continue doing the podcast regardless if, like, anybody was listening to it because I enjoy doing it. And I know the people who co-host with me enjoy doing it. That's why they keep coming back. Um, <laughs> so anyways, just wanted to shout out to the people that were, like, consistently viewing and supporting and we appreciate you and so we're gonna kick off <laughs> with some less than <laughs> exciting news about fallout 76 bethesda and todd howard so there's not many people in this world that i look at their face and i just want to punch them in it unfortunately he is one of those people <laughs> so the first time I saw him was uh, E3 in 2018, and I was like, oh, he kind of looks like a, a dink. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he is a dink. <laughs> I... I'm going to be completely honest and say that I don't know what he looks like, so I'm looking him up right now. Okay. 
so you do that and I will explain like so when I first got really into Bethesda is when Fallout 76 was like I knew them from Skyrim obviously but Mm -hmm. that was kind of what prompted me to watch the E3 in 2018 and I've mentioned this E3 on many many episodes but he came out on the stage and he did the presentation and he announced Fallout 76 and he made it sound so much cooler than it actually was. I still love the game, but it wasn't what longtime lovers of Fallout were expecting when it launched. Mm-hmm. It had so many errors when it launched. It didn't have NPCs until like two years into the game after launch. So like, you know, whatever. He also announced Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield, that same E3. Starfield has come out. They've just started working on Elder Scrolls 6. Basically, he came back and said, well, I regret mentioning Elder Scrolls 6. Because, so basically, Bethesda isn't like a lot of other companies. They don't have dedicated teams that work on specific projects. They basically had all hands on deck to bring out Starfield, and now it's all hands on deck for Elder Scrolls 6 instead of like having a good portion of the team focusing on the game that they thought was going to generate the most revenue and the most hype and what people were most excited about and they probably wanted to extend the hype for Elder Scrolls 6 just because you know Elder Scrolls Online was such a flop and uh, Skyrim was <sighs> amazing but they've he's taken advantage of Skyrim with releasing it like a gazillion times so yeah i feel like they caught the sun with skyrim and they've just been chasing that ever since which is unfortunate because like you don't have to have games that live up to the same hype like skyrim was what it was because of when it came out it was different it had a lot to it and like If you look at games like Fallout 76 and Starfield, they're reusing assets and they're not even reskinning them. Like the barrels from Skyrim are the same in the newer games. They're not even like they don't even look different. They're just not interactable like they were in Skyrim where you could get food and items out of them. Like in Fallout 76, they're just decorative. Yeah. But my issue or what my thought process with it is that there is like this there's always this pressure from the player base, from development teams, whatever, from, well, not even from the development teams, but mostly from, like, the leadership, that, like, games need to be pumped out and pushed out constantly, because everyone's looking for that next new thing, the next, the next trend, the next new game that's going to sweep the internet, and honestly, like, I feel like that ends up where a lot of games that have a lot of hype around them get pushed out before they're really ready. Um, I'll be honest that I've never really played a Fallout game, but I have watched a lot of gameplay of it. And I I remember and know that Fallout 76, when it came out, like it was very, it was in a very rough state, almost unplayable in certain aspects. And just, they got a lot of backlash for that. Because there was so much hype behind it, and then it just really did not live up to that hype at all. So, I feel like game developers and everything, there's a lot of pressure on them. 
and to get out games, but they are not always in the best states possible when they come out. I mean, look at Cyberpunk 2077. Like that one, that was that game was so hyped, and then when it came out, like it almost it pretty much flopped because it was in such a piss poor state. Um, and that's not necessarily like the development team's fault. It just wasn't ready to go out yet. I do feel like games today um, rely way too heavily on like patches and first day patches and everything rather than uh, making sure their game is in a solid state before they can, they push it out. And it's, 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 it's also consumers fault for like being upset when games take too long to come out as well too. So yeah, I would much rather a game take longer for it to be, the best that it could be instead of rushed and pushed out because it was expected like if and I like transparency and that's a, a I think that's a lot of the issue too is that uh the transparency is lagging with people with devs like Bethesda because they don't like to give us all of information and I can understand that you don't want to put all of your information out there because we have competitors and things like that but hey you know we want to make sure that X Y and Z is you know working really well and we want to have a couple more runs of play testing before we you know ship the final title I mean we're also just in a very greedy state where like we just want what we want all the time like immediately which doesn't help. Like, I mean, I play Overwatch quite a bit, and I know that a lot of people were upset when Overwatch 2 came out. I never played the first one. Whatever. Um, but a lot of people were upset that, like, oh, they only pushed out Overwatch 2 to focus on, like, the PvE campaign, and that now they pushed back the PvE campaign, and it's not even happening or something. It's like... They and this was a case where the the development team and trust me, I know that Battle.net is not exactly like the most trustworthy development group out there or anything, but they they were open about saying that it wasn't going to be ready by their first dead by their intended deadline, so they're going to push it, and they got a ton of backlash for that. So they're they're kind of be- between a rock and a hard place at that. Because consumerism is greedy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super... It's just shitty, honestly. Um. However, um, I know both Fallout 76 and um, Cyberpunk that after they did, like, get the proper, like, patches and developments, they are much better games today. I mean, I know people today say that Cyberpunk is, like, one of their most fun games ever, um, or, like, top five type of, like, single-player games on all that. Um, but it started really, really rough, which turned a lot of people away, and I know it makes those, those, like, teams question, like, keeping the game running if it's that, like, poorly received. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like Todd Howard said in this interview that he did, basically saying that there's obviously going to be things that you miss because we play test and, you know, you have, you know, he said 10 million people play it. They're obviously going to find things. That's not our problem. Our problem is that your nickname is Bug Thesda for a reason. 
it just feels like you keep saying that you're putting all the it's like I'm going to distract you I'm saying we're doing all of these things and you know this is what we're putting out and we're just gonna keep trying to cover it up with you know excuses that's what it feels like you know every, every game that has recently come out from Bethesda has had massive issues and we, we understand that consumerism is playing a part in that you feel like you need to get it out because people are behind from COVID and they're trying to recoup and you know blah 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 but the majority of us want the game to at least be as close to what you're predicting it's going to be than just throwing something out there that like Fallout 76 still has issues where you glitch through the fucking floor of the game and you're like under the map and you have to reload the game and you can just be stuck in a loop where that happens unless you like that so where my camp is and that's like your base is near water and mm -hmm. so it's on a hill that goes into a lake and when I load in I constantly <laughs> fall under the map so I literally have to use Y jump under the map and come through the water like I'm some fucking whale dolphin bursting through you know shark whatever you know coming out of the water <laughs> it, it, you know it's it's funny but it's also like how are we still messing it up and then like at the beginning of that all those issues they were banning people thinking that like we were you know breaking the game or we were causing it when in reality it, it's not us it's them yeah that's not a good look on their half blaming the the player base for bugs is kind of uh is very much a cop-out and the other thing is that the boss the xbox boss phil spencer basically floated the idea of canceling fallout 76 and yeah they managed to they managed to meet the target of 10 million monthly average users which is basically where todd howard was pulling that 10 million people number from right mm -hmm. you don't have to scrap a whole project just because it's not meeting the mark like it's going it like not everything it comes out perfect and shiny the first you know it's it, there are bound to be issues. I am a game dev. I dev things. You have one curly brace that's not implemented and the whole fucking game can break. You know what I mean? And I'm making simple <laughs> and I make simple shit. Let alone like these intricate games where you have multiplayer and you know, multiple millions of assets put down. So like from the technical side of things, like I get that it's hard to manage a game of this size and this is why we have separate teams and this is why, you know, Basically, one team will create this part and it'll all be broken down and then they basically play test each other's parts to see what, you know, is wrong with it, blah, 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 blah. But come on, man. Like, sometimes it's going to take a little bit more effort than you initially thought. And then that's a whole other thing about how people are feeling like Bethesda kind of scammed Microsoft with being bought out by them because of all of these issues they're having and their their stock market and value was super high they got bought out and then it plummeted and then Microsoft has to pick up the pieces 
they're not going to want to put that much money into it because they already bought the entire company. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a mess. Yeah, it really does sound like they, they kind of screwed the pooch on this one. <laughs> and the, the other side of that is, is like nobody's really surprised by it either. Mm-hmm. It's it definitely says something about your company as a whole whenever no like when people expect you to do poorly. Oh, here's the information right here of what I was talking about. Okay. So the game was in beta testing, I believe in September of 2018 and then it came out in October of 2018. I don't have those exact dates, but it's close enough. It took them until April of 2020 to bring the Wastelanders DLC which integrated the NPCs and expanded on the original quest line. So we had a couple of quest lines that weren't finished main story because they didn't implement this DLC and it took them that mm -hmm. long to implement it. That's a long time to wait and you can't replay the quests. You can, like if it's a hollow, like for the overseer, you had to collect all of her tapes from different locations and it was basically a way of you kind of learning the backstory a little bit but also exploring because you had to go and find you know new places to find the new tapes mm -hmm. and but when you finish that like i played beta so i had my main storyline beat by before the end of the year i had a week oh. until april of 2020 to tie up those loose ends. And there was a lot of so us there's, like that. So the main ca campaign didn't really have replayability. No. Either. You, no. You would have to create a new character to do so. And if you're putting hours and hours and hours into this one character, you don't want to bounce into making a new one. Like, we all have mule accounts, which for those who aren't familiar with the term, it basically means you have a secondary account that you transfer stuff off to for safekeeping or for selling purposes, you know, just to keep your like main account safe. Or if you have too much, you know, inventory and you don't have enough on your main account, then you can move it over there, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And it's a little bit more difficult to manage and follow because you like have to have like somebody basically helping you or you have to like, Put it someplace that you obscure place like in a mailbox someplace and you reload that area as your other character but it was it for me and then and then there's still achievements that are glitched too like i finished a, a quite a few quest lines that never popped and so in order for them to pop, I would have to do it all over again. And like this one quest line is a minimum level of 50. That's a lot of hours to put in a new character when I already have a character almost level 300. Mm-hmm. So, I That's don't know. not a good look. And I, I feel like achievements, I mean, having making sure that your achievements are worth it or, or at least are accessible is a big deal because there is such a big like achievement hunting 100% platinuming like mm -hmm. uh, player base out there so if you make achievements that aren't achievable you're just gonna lose those people right like I I don't I haven't played the game in a while but that's because I have my PC now and it's uh, I haven't figured out if it was because I downloaded it from um, 
Game Pass on my PC. I don't, I haven't, like, checked it out to see if my characters and everything, tra sorry, a hiccup, transferred over to my PC. And if that's the mm -hmm. case, like, I probably won't pick up the game again because I don't really turn my Xbox on anymore because I'm on my PC, like, during workday. I don't, like, I can't use my Xbox because it's behind me for my TV. That's what I use as, mm -hmm. like, my, my cable box is my Xbox. <laughs> and when I do turn it on it's like to watch stuff background music but like lately like I'm in a routine where I'm doing all my content creation or work stuff at my desk and then I go and lay in bed and I'm in a call with mister and we watch stuff together so the Xbox hasn't been utilized as much he used it when he was here because he was playing things but I probably won't pick up Fallout 76 again if it's not transferred over to like the Xbox game pass game on my PC just because I don't I have so many hours in that damn game man I was there were times <laughs> when I was working on my thesis and I my work hours like I was working enough to pay my bills and everything but I just didn't have to work as much on the weekends I'd be playing eight to nine hours with my friends of Fallout 76 we would just be fucking off doing stupid shit together mm -hmm. um I don't know Todd Howard also just constantly says things that shoots himself in the foot. Um, he never he never makes himself look better. <laughs> yes. Get that man a PR like coach or something. Yeah, like literally, don't let him say anything unless it's been pre-approved by three different people. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but speaking of other games that are in a weird state of being there have been some new things talked about and planned for dead by daylight yeah i'm excited for this first one i don't know about you how do you feel about that change the the anti-face camping right uh buff it's worst killer Oh, okay, so Trapper. Alright, so Trapper, like, Trapper's like the, the face of the game, right? Like, he is literally, uh, before they did the remake of the um, the game cover, like, he was the one that was um, centered. He's more or less uh, Dead by Daylight's version of, like, a Jason Voorhees type of killer. Um, his power is very simple. He is free when you purchase the game. He And he is more or less the poster child of the game. However, um, while Trapper does okay in beginners and, like, against, like, new players and everything, he has a lot of, uh, difficulties keeping up at the higher ranks or, uh, against more veteran, like, survivor players and everything. And the reason that is is because, um, maps have kind of changed over the years. There's less grass on the ground, um, and anytime you certain like content creators or certain people who play the game like religiously would find like cool little places where you could kind of clip the traps through part of the environment so they were even more difficult to see those would get patched out almost immediately which you know what that's fair like you probably shouldn't be able to do that but i know that it is a turnoff for people who looked for things like that and and spent time like trying to find really cheeky places to put the traps it made them more viable too. If you can't exactly. see the trap, then you're gonna get more value. 
Exactly. But unfortunately, with uh, maps like Gideon's Meatpacking Plant and the Eerie Eye of Crow, like traps are just 100% visible in every single place that you try to place them. Like, it's not, it like, you, the only places that you can really place traps on maps like those are choke points where, like, survivors would have no choice but to go through them, essentially. Um, also, unfortunately, like, DVD really tends to look at, like, statistics and numbers way over, uh, uh, on when they're determining which killers or which perks and everything will get reworks. And Trapper does have this one play style that works incredibly well for him where if you're able to catch a survivor and put them in the basement and, um, like, lock it down, like, unless you're going against a team that's really, really well coordinated and, and are planning to get that, you guarantee, like, at least a couple kills, uh, if you can get to basement and, and, and uh, especially if it's in a, in a shack where you're able to, like, lock down all of the entrances and exits. Then so, survivors get a little angry. Oh, it's just a basement trapper. Like, I mean, yeah, but what did you expect? Like, what do you expect when you know exactly. all, of, all of the places that he's going to trap? Like, you know... Yep. And... Trapper, like I said before, he's kind of like the poster child of the game. He, they've been like hesitant to try and buff him or change anything because on a numbers side, he still does well because he does well uh, against like beginner players and he does well as a basement trapper, like going with that play style. But so they, they, uh, in the most recent uh, player taste, uh, player test build PTB. Um, there are a couple changes that they have for Trapper already, and there are rumored more to come. But uh, basically, he's going to get a little bit of a speed boost after placing a trap. So that makes it more viable to actually use his Trapper power in the middle of chase. I can see like people using it to get a cheeky speed boost to be able to catch up to a survivor on a loop that they otherwise wouldn't. Um, so I think it, it's good. It, it would be, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. It's a 7.5% haste effect after setting a bear trap. So that's going to be huge. So basically be like, so if you're familiar with the hag, she constantly places traps in, in chase because that's her thing. So it, mm -hmm. it makes sense that Trapper would have that same ability because like, so I know there are some killers who find it fun doing the same thing over and over again, like, you know, basement trappers, their shtick or whatever. But I feel like mm -hmm. a, a majority of people, me included, I like to have fun as, as you know, killer. If I'm playing as trapper, I like, I like to place just random t uh, traps in random places that you wouldn't expect them, just to, like, see if I can catch anybody off guard with them, right? Like, that's yeah. fun to me. But the other issue is that, like, if you start near survivors and they can see you, but you're worried about trying to get your traps and place them in places, then they're mm -hmm. going to be able to watch you and see it. So if you have that haste effect, then, you know, you set one trap, you can skiddly diddly do over to where you want to place the <laughs> next one, and you might not be in range of somebody seeing you. Yeah, and that's the thing. Another uh, change that they're implementing is that there are going to be more of his traps that spawn on the map. Because that's also one of the drawbacks of Trapper is that sometimes his traps, because he can only, at base, he can only carry two at a time. Mm -hmm. um, he, like, 
it, on certain maps like swamp or, or different things like his his extra traps will spawn literally on the edges of the map where he's never gonna go and he's a, he's a he has no movement speed like he has no like he's not like a blight that can get across the map in 2.4 seconds he's just a a basic man walking around with some bear traps <laughs> right like he's just a he doesn't have like superhuman abilities mm-hmm so it it just makes sense. Basically, instead of six bear traps spawning, that would be eight. So it's not like a huge change either. So mm -hmm. it's it's a nice change. Yeah, um, it's a nice little quality of life update for him. Because for the bigger maps, if you start on like this bottom right corner, and you have like three that generated in the top left corner, you have to waste time to go get them. Then you have to figure out where you want to place them because you can't carry them all at the same time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times I'll see people who are playing Trapper and they just they place a trap down even in a, if it's not even like in a great place just to put it down because they don't know if at any point they're gonna be able to like get another trap. Right. And speaking of the anti uh face camping thing camping thing, it wasn't really touched upon in these articles, but I think it is pertinent to be br brought up because it was tested in the the ptb um mm -hmm. i don't what are your opinions on it i think it is an attempt oops um at a solution against a very like unfun play style for like one person in the match like how many times if i mean if you've played dead by daylight for more than just like uh, two matches or something odds are that you've gone up against a cannibal that gets you down takes you into basement and then insidious camps in the corner like basement bubba is a play style that is not really fun for the person playing killer it's definitely not fun for the unlucky survivor that they found and it's not fun for any of the other survivors because at that point they're really forced to either try to go down and get a, a rescue which is nearly a, like a successful safe rescue which is nearly impossible mm -hmm. or to just pound out the generators and basically forget the person who was on hook which is also like in, in, in the higher levels that makes ranking up harder because you have to mm -hmm. do healing or, you know, cooperative actions and altruistic actions and boldness interactions. And if you're not doing all of that, then, you know, you're not, you're not oh, playing yeah. the game. A, a, a basement Bubba is basically a guaranteed D-pip for everyone involved. <laughs> right. And it just doesn't make sense. Like... At the end of a match, I I understand camping at the end of matches because the game mm -hmm. is over. Like it is does it suck? Yes. But Or it's... even I even understand camping whenever like, oh, the the team didn't rescue in time, so this person is about to stage. Like I'm gonna take ten seconds and stand here and either take an exchange from you or like you're gonna let the, or this person's going to like flip onto the next stage. Like if the person like went away and the and the survivors got greedy to do gens before friends or something like that like that's more on the survivors it's not on the killer for taking advantage of an opportunity or if you're like bombarding the killer as they're placing the survivor on hook like don't be mad when you get hit or whatever or if the killer's staying close to the hook because you just 
You just fucked your friend that just got hooked in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it's a little bit interesting. I do think so from I I didn't play the PTB, but I did um watch a good amount of reactions to it and everything. Um I think in this the first round or this first state that they put out on it, um I think there does need to be like a good like five sec three to five seconds maybe even just maybe something smaller than that because the the counter for like the the bar that fills up that starts filling up as counting as um the person camping literally begins as soon as the killer puts the survivor on the hook so like it doesn't even give like it starts filling up even if they start walking away immediately. So it needs like a little bit of a cool down to, so that it's not getting added on whenever it's like the person's not camping. They're just trying to walk away from the hook, but they're not, they're not a, a blight. So that it takes them more than <laughs> 0.2 seconds to get away. Right. And that's the other thing. Like what about a survivor looping the killer around the person? Like, mm-hmm. They did say that the progress on the the bar will decrease if there are other survivors within range. Which it, it should be the case because, you know, cheeky survivors like to dick around the killer and, and loop them in places. Like, I'm always screaming at my teammates to, to take the killer far away from the person on hook because you're just giving them either, either an exchange or, like, an easy hit because if you're going for the unhook and the killer's right there, you're going to get injured and most likely you're going to get downed. Mm-hmm. And then it's a free camp essentially because there's one person on the ground and one person on the hook. Right. Right. The other thing is the the Borgo map. I think that's what it's called. Shattered Square, the Knights uh, Decimated map. Borgo. Yeah, Decimated Borgo. There you go. Is being reworked. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah, so that was also previewed in this most recent PTB, and unfortunately, one of the biggest... Well, there's a couple complaints with the map. Uh, one being <gasps> that it's too big. Hey! Um, and then at, at its launch, hi. speaking of like things being bugged at its launch, um, with DVD, there's, all, there's a, a mechanic of RNG where like some pallets will spawn on the map and certain variations of it and some won't and everything... When Decimated Borgo first came out as a, a map that was available, it had a bug where literally every possible pallet that could spawn on that map would. So that That's led awful. to there being like hey. 30 plus pallets. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Grumpy old man yeah. saying hi. Oh, he agrees hello. with you. That's why. <laughs> That's funny. So like... um it was bugged on release, so it was very, very survivor-sided at that point. And then it just has some fundamental issues that are hard for um, on both sides. So it's very open. Like, mm-hmm. you can literally see across the map the entire from one map. side to the other. Yep. Um, even though it is a very large map. Like, I remember there was this funny situation where I w- had just gotten hooked. And I could literally see on the other side of the map a random um, Leon player healing themselves, like, <laughs> what looked like 50 miles away. <laughs> like, and I yeah. could visibly see them. Uh, not just an aura. 
and so like it's really really open so that's that's nice for like a huntress or like nurse or like some of the uh, um killers that have can benefit from that but it's not so nice for the survivors but the map is very large which makes it very difficult for the non-mobility killers such Mm -hmm. as trapper um but one of the biggest complaints that killers have with that game and i agree entirely is that the coloring of the map is very very red like it's like this dusty and red atmosphere it gives you like eh. a bloody ambiance. Like when you get, you're like, oh, okay, like decimated Borgo. It's a shattered square. Like the ambiance and the aesthetic bring that for you, but the mm-hmm. redness is overwhelming and it's dark. And the yeah, and the problem with it being with red being its like accent color, like uh, undertone almost, is that scratch marks from the killer's perspective are red so it's very like at the it's gotten a little bit better but at the beginning like you basically could not follow scratch marks or see scratch marks because it just blended into the like um background of that map and forget about if you're colorblind right because like there's several different colorblind modes on dead by daylight but you know there's so many different versions of colorblindness like my boyfriend's colorblind None of the versions that Behavior Interactive offer on DVD help him to see scratch marks better. So, like, he hates this map because he literally can't see anything. Yeah. It was unfortunate. Um, And I thought we... So, don't get, like, don't get me wrong. I love the nostalgia of having, like, different maps be certain colors, like... uh. Macmillan's was like all blue toned and you know what I mean like mm-hmm. the nostalgia is there but like make it aesthetically pleasing but also make sense for what the game is like mm-hmm. um temple of purgation mother's dwelling it's so overwhelmingly green same with Azeroth's like Azeroth's used to be way greener but I, I don't know why I like temple Temple and, and Mother's Dwelling is a little bit more blue now. But the green is green. Like, all the greenery yeah, the... is green. <laughs> yeah, they, they put way too much clutter on that map when they re, when they graphically reworked them. And don't get me wrong, like, from just looking at it, it's beautiful. The, they're, the artist did an amazing job, but for practicality, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily work for survivors or killers because if you're a stealth killer you kind of stick out same for survivors if you're trying to be sneaky because you have challenges where you have to hide within the killer's terror radius without getting caught and you know whatever it's it's i played on this map last night like obviously it's not we worked so i got like i haven't been on this map much either Obviously, I haven't been playing as much DVD as I used to, but even still, I didn't really get this map that much, and it was rough. It was a doctor. He's taller, so he could see, like, a lot, Mm -hmm. and he also has the ranged ability where, you know, he lost me because I was playing with a character that had lightweight, so he would lose me because, like we said, scratch marks in the red, they disappear, Mm -hmm. and lightweight makes it even worse for them to follow, and then he used the ability and I got found and it was just like, man, and it's, it's unfortunate. So hopefully they, they 
make it better for all players all around. Yeah, I sure hope so. Because, like, for the most part, you and I are survivor means, I guess we would say. Like, we like to play killer now and again, but we started as survivor means. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't believe that, like, do I want, like, m- maps in the game to be, like, you know, split evenly in regards to, like, fairness and everything? Is it going yeah. to happen? No. Because it hasn't yeah. yet. So it's not going to happen. But at least make it more... Yeah, and some of the maps that are most balanced are some of the favorite maps from both sides. I mean, I would say Dead Dog Saloon is probably the the most favorited map of, like, the community at whole. Like, anytime there's a community picks, Dead Dog always wins. Um, and that map at base is a bit more killer-sided, but there are some really strong parts for the survivor, too. So it's it's a smaller map, but it, it's interesting, and it's also there's not a whole lot of RNG to it, which right. um, is is helpful for like new players too. And another map that is pretty balanced are like the Yamaoka maps. Um, they're not super open, or they're not super big. They um, the coloring isn't that bad. There are some little like nifty things that you can do with them, and then it's not too bad for the killers because oftentimes the the loops don't get chained together as like badly as um like uh decimated borgo had (laughs) and so my favorite map was hawkins before it got removed so i would definitely say that dead dog is probably like the one that i'm most excited about going to as of recent times um except for last night because we had a legion who just that was not fun (laughs) legion snooze it was really not fun uh i was playing with respawn recruits and they hadn't played the game in over a year there was a lot of new things that they didn't know and they're you know not familiar with like perks and stuff and they got bullied hard last night i felt like shit as i felt so bad i'm like oh my god no you're dead again why they were getting tunneled like um so the two player slayer there are a couple made up of Sith Chick and Monkey MMA. And he was like, I'm trying to be stealthy. So I would just see him randomly creeping around corners and stuff. And I'm like, get your booty out of Jen. And then all of a sudden she would be down. And like, she didn't know, like the first match she was down in like one second. Because she's like, I don't remember how to play the game. And it's unfortunate because killers take advantage of the quote unquote weak link or if they see somebody mm-hmm. struggling they're gonna they're gonna go after you because it's an easy kill but it just made me feel so bad for them because like they weren't getting a lot of playtime in the beginning matches because they they were unfamiliar with the game and mm-hmm. you know I was trying to coach them and help them but like I also didn't want to be like you should be doing this like so I was just like you know, if they ask something, I would say something, or if, like, the perks would pop up, like, because you and I would be like, oh, they have Fearmonger, but they wouldn't know without it. So I'd be like, Fearmonger, it makes you, you know, I would just explain what the perks do and help them. Mm-hmm. But, man, it's it's unfortunate when stuff like that happens. And, like, I get it, because the game is just, like, you know, it's a draw if you get two kills as a killer, a win if it's more survivors mm-hmm. to man out whatever but i have to say like this game when i started i started playing at the beginning of 2020 um which is insane to think about but or was it no i started playing at the beginning of 2021 my bad um 
it's yeah so i i've been playing for two and a half ish years now or a little over two and a half years um and i feel like at this point i know because i do keep up and i do watch others like content creators and stuff i know at least i would say i know like 98 percent of the game like there's still things that i'm not optimized on whatever that yada yada but um i definitely can know what i'm doing or supposed to be doing most of the time but for a new player at this point there are so many killers there's so many perks there's so many maps there's so many like nuanced like things a new player coming into the game is very overwhelming and like something that like you or i would know or understand like if the killer is running pentimento you know don't do like totems unnecessarily because they're just going to it's going to make everything else slow down but a new player is not going to know that they just say oh small game is a is a fun perk that tells me where totems are i'm gonna cleanse this totem Mm -hmm. yeah and you guys should go watch her her videos on YouTube. Bells um, does a great job of explaining tomes and and all of like that intricacies of perks and stuff like that that would help you for you know challenges and things like that. Or if you're you know struggling against a certain killer, um, I think that would maybe we could idea maybe you and I could work on a, a video together on on like countering um, killers Tips and tricks kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. uh, she does a good job of explaining, you know, things to help you if you're kind of newer to the game or if you're rusty even, because there's so many been there's so many perks and stuff that have been, you know, reworked. So not everything is going to be the same. Like if you played it at launch, who boy, who boy, you're coming into a whole different game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. DVD will always hold a special place in my heart, but it's it's not the fondest part of my heart anymore, which is unfortunate because I met a lot of people through it. I met you through it, yeah, through streaming think... and and through other streamers and the game. Yeah, I think that it's in a bit of a flux right now. I think that it's or in a, on a, like a bit of a precipice. Like there's they have to figure out a new formula either like i don't think they can keep pumping out new content as consistently and at the rate that they have been in the past like they need to focus on retaining and improving the gameplay as is without adding more to it but i know that they've had a formula that's worked for them for so many years um to get the money and everything else but I optimization and keeping your player base happy is in the long run going to be better than just pumping out new content while consistently losing your 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 main player base. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that brings us on to our next exciting little story for those who like the game. Um the there's some new information on Hollow Knight's Silk Song, which is the sequel to the original Hollow Knight. So me and Toki were talking about this on our episode, apparently, and I didn't know this, so I'm going to pass this along in case you missed that episode or missed it in the episode. So basically, Sil- Hollow Knight Silk Song was, was supposed to be like DLC, 
But as they started mm -hmm. creating it, it became too big. And that's what kind of prompted them into making it a new sequel or into a sequel, which I love. I love that they realized that they, it had so much potential that they were making it into a new game instead of like just tacking onto the old game. Because it, it's that nice balance. Like, all right, if this is going to be expansive and you're playing as a new character and you're doing X, Y, and Z and you're having like basically a whole separate game, yeah, make it a new game. Yeah, take the opportunity to to do it well and really give it the attention it wants and warrants. Yes. Um... So I love, love, love the aesthetic and the art style of Hollow Knight. I think it's so, I think it's like the spooky, cute, everything. But, and it pains me to say this, I don't like playing it. I, I don't like platformers. I I tried playing it multiple times, and it just wasn't my cup of tea. But I love watching other people play it, so I will be a avid viewer whenever Silk Song comes out. I I I have also talked about this a couple of times. Hollow Knight aesthetically pleases me. I love the character. I love the storyline from what I was I could play there was a specific part that I couldn't get past and I got bullied in somebody's stream about it and I just haven't picked the game back up um I didn't enjoy it like I enjoy there being some difficulty and getting past you know because platformers you have to like oh you have to do a jump at this specific angle or you know you have to do a long jump blah 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 like when I was doing parkour mountain for minecraft you know you have to had to do a lot of long jumps and perfecting them can take some time to get used to because you have to go to like you have to run to the very edge of the block and successfully jump to the next block and you know it's hard I struggle with mouse and keyboard too but for Hollow Knight I was playing on my Xbox and I just I was just there was some sort of disconnect with me playing the game like actually playing the game I enjoyed watching people play it like in little minor increments but I couldn't just sit down and watch the whole like it's not something that I could just watch. Like I watch DVD and watch Minecraft mm -hmm. content, but I, I am excited that they are, they, you know, somewhat listen to like the community and, and realize that the community would much rather them take the time with all of the, the things that they had visioned for the sequel, you know, albeit it being, you know, supposed to be DLC or not. Like, Nobody's raising this is the this brings it back to like having like good community supporters for your game. Like nobody's raging that it's not DLC. Like yeah, take yeah, your time. Or that like it's not out yet. <laughs> well, I mean, but they're not like well, they're like take your time. We understand. Like I'd much rather have like a full flesh game than like a half ass idea DLC. Mm -hmm. But we will see when it comes out. But you know. It won't be released until next year, but you know we're we're in October now, folks. So 2024 isn't that far away. There's no like exact release date, but my guess it's gonna come. I don't know. Quarter so, two is what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. So they just recently updated it, and it took them, you know, the first uh, uh, the last Steam update they had was in January of this year, and they just recently updated it in September. It was like a week ago. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know. I maybe this game won't. Maybe I'll try this game and I won't get stuck like I I did on the original. Cause I I don't think you need to play the original to play the the sequel. As far as what I understand, it's like a new character, a new move set, and everything like that too. So mm-hmm. we will see. But for those who are interested, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think um. There are, and there's, it's hard for for developers and for, for game designers to kind of balance between people who are casual gamers versus people who are, like, more hardcore gamers kind of thing. Like, unfortunately, fortunately, whatever, like, when it comes to gaming as a whole... I fluctuate between like being a casual to moderate gamer. Like I I like to like I like my cozy games like Disney Dreamlight Valley. I like and like I played the heck out of Animal Crossing New Horizons. But I also get super into like Overwatch 2 and like and or like trying to be competitive in Dead by Daylight and everything. So like it's 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 hard for for games to have a balance. Like I I was originally I've recently been picked back up Kana Bridge of Spirits, which is described as a Souls-like game with its combat. Um, and as you know, or many people know from Soft, who makes the the Dark Souls games, mm-hmm. like they really feed off of making very difficult games. Like it's and like the they feed off of the people who. Uh, are willing to try against a boss over and over again and for it to be really difficult. And then they get their high from, like, beating a boss that they found difficult to begin with. I'm not... I don't really get that. Like, if something is so difficult, or if something be is that difficult to, like beat i don't get a feeling of like victory at the end it's just like i spent all this time all of this effort just to like go and do it again with the next one like that doesn't feel good to me (laughs) um so and it's hard for for games to like balance around that so it sounds like for you for hollow knight um it got to a point where it was very difficult and you couldn't see there being like a payoff of serotonin from beating it yeah i i like platformers there's a bunch of them that i started and never finished i loved celeste um rayman legends i haven't beat but i uh, i'm like 85 90 percent done with that one uh a hat in time was technically considered a platformer um and then i are are uh stroking out here obviously sorry i had to like (laughs) rewire my brain there for a second obviously (laughs) play like the original platformers like mario and stuff like that but that's like another thing for you like if you guys aren't aware bales didn't like grow up playing video games like a lot of us Mm -hmm. did so she didn't have the same experiences with platformers. so i think that kind of speaks to your experience in games too because not everyone gets that serotonin from completing a level they get anger and mm-hmm. it's just case in point with hollow knight for me i love platformers but i just couldn't get past it and you know i don't believe in forcing myself to finish a game if i'm not enjoying it 
I'll finish a book mm-hmm. if I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> I was literally just thinking that. <laughs> but for some reason, I won't torture myself with a game. <laughs> Books are a lot easier to finish than my whole last game, though, in my defense. Yeah. It's not like reading a book gets more difficult or that you have to go back and reread a, pa- a passage that you dislike over and over again. You read it and it's done. You can't fail at reading a chapter of a book. <laughs> Right, whereas you can continuously... See, but I'm also... I continuously failed at Parkour Mountain. I still beat it, but it was a small map for Minecraft. So basically, it's just um, like doing different sets of jumps or like trickiness things. You're not like... Because parkour can mean many things, but in the, the Minecraft-esque areas, it's like navigating tricky jumps and and scooting around a tricky corner and just doing silly stuff. But like you can fail over and over and over in a platformer and you can watch videos of people who have played and beat this specific level and this platformer and you go to do it and you're like, I am doing exactly what they're doing in this video and I'm still not fucking getting there. (laughs) (laughs) So I understand both aspects of it. So I love platformers, but I'm also not the type of person who's going to suffer through it if it's just not, if it's killing my vibe, I don't want it in my life. Yeah. I I do like whenever games have, or I, I don't mind whenever games have like aspects of platforming in them, but whole games I, is not for you. Yeah, whole games where their entire movement system is platforming it just is not appealing to me which makes sense because it's not their own (laughs) yeah i mean it's not dedicated to that one thing and you're kind of getting a taste of the platformer-esque type of things but you're not like suffering through many 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 levels yeah um yeah so when i first started streaming I tortured everyone with me trying to beat a music level on Rayman Legends. So basically, mm-hmm. you have to jump in tune with the, the music. <laughs> and uh, it took me like 45 minutes to beat it. And I didn't even like, because there's, depending on what level it is, you have to do specific things. And it took me so long. And that's why I haven't really played many platformers on. Um, stream either is because I'm stubborn like if I know I can beat it and I'm just doing this the one thing wrong I restart and I go into this endless loop until I get it right and (laughs) (laughs) I don't know it's 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 hard stubbornness comes out of you yeah but if I'm not enjoying it then I'm not gonna do it but if I know that I can get it and I'm just like if I just do this if I execute X, Y, and Z, I can do it. Then I then I'm gonna stubborn my way through and until I complete it, which <laughs> people do enjoy watching. But I'm not like a rager, rager. Like I'll be like, ah, fucking stupid game, like stuff like that. But I'm not gonna like throw something or get up and like rip my headset off. Like I'm not like a showman for anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And the, unfortunately, there is a market for that. Yeah, I'm not I mean, um, speed from YouTube or whatever. Well, yeah, that's personally that's not my cup of tea. I I I am go. I'm very 
into vibes and like sounds of people's voices and like if something sometimes people are just too loud like uh, there are some like mm-hmm. t- dvd like tiktokers and stuff that um like they they do really cool things they pull off really nice things but i just i don't like the sound of their voice so i <laughs> never watch i never watch like a live stream or anything i do like seeing their little shorts where they do something cool but their like loudness or or something just does not do it for me so i can't i can't get into it and i mean that's fair like because i get overstimulated pretty easily so i get the like like i couldn't listen to somebody who's screaming the entire time they were streaming or like making a video or whatever like that's just that's just too overwhelming for me (laughs) that brings us to our last topic which is another platformer (laughs) But it's super cute. We watched the trailer together and the beginning opening scene kind of like shows like thorns kind of like taking over, which gave me like Disney Dreamlight Valley vibes because of like how that story goes. And then you're like this little ink blob. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was really cute. Um, But when like the fairy kind of comes to to light it was like really intense in the trailer uh but it's cute it came out in the store on the 28th so just a couple of days ago and it's called fairy afterlife by clay game studios and aesthetically it's very pleasing you have like really cool animation mixed with pastel colored things in you know the area which is called metrovania metroidvania i I think i'm stuffy i don't know i feel like i'm saying words weird today (laughs) but it i was definitely getting hollow knight vibes from it yes and that's kind of why it's right after hollow knight like and it gave me like celeste vibes too with the aesthetics of the levels and everything with the colors and everything but also like the movement style of your little blob guy but it's it's cute if you're into platformers this one is out now so you can go get it it is on the nintendo so it's on the switch i don't know if i mentioned that so sorry um it's on the switch and it's available now and i had the cost here give me one moment it definitely looks fun to watch it it has like a a good balance of kind of a spooky but also pretty aesthetic um it's it looks like it would be pretty well like optimized for um the switch like not like the graphics are nice but they're not like overwhelmingly um like too much for the switch to handle yes yes which is which is important because the switch doesn't do well with a lot of things mm-hmm. so it's on sale right now for $15.99 the sale ends on October 6th originally it's $20 so you're getting 20% off which is pretty good for a game that just came out and like switch doesn't really do like new game sales either so I would jump on that so basically it's 2d styled it's, it's so cute like just the fairy afterlight like image they use for like the main thing it's just very pretty 
Um, but this is kind of where you do explores Lumina's infested caverns, deep seas, and ghostly cities to reclaim the scattered, broken shards of light. That's kind of why I felt like it was Disney Dream Valley-esque, because that's kind of pretty much what you do in that game. But you solve yeah. puzzles, you befriend locals, engage in enchant enemies, and face off against fierce titans to gain powerful new abilities. So basically, you, you fight new people to get new abilities. So it's cute, it's available now, and it's on sale. So get yourself a new platformer if you're in the market. Do it. Yeah, uh, I guess I guess we're we're at the end of our topics. I felt like t this week's episode just flew by. <laughs> just me. <laughs> I don't even know how long we've been recording fun. for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not that I don't have fun with other ones. <laughs> don't get me in trouble. <laughs> um, the topics I'm just kind favorite. of well, <laughs> that and we kind of have like a really succinct topics like they all kind of flowed nicely into each other where sometimes mm -hmm. like because we are a gaming and variety podcast sometimes the variety kind of takes over the episode and we're all over the place uh, chaotic like me I'm a chaos goblin through and through <laughs> but yeah any lasting thoughts on that one um <laughs> I I don't know it's it, it it definitely looks cute it's just not the uh a gameplay design that i would pick up myself but i would love to see other people play it i i'm a gamer but i was definitely a game watcher before i was a gamer like i remember growing up sitting like next to my brothers playing diablo 2 or playing halo and just sitting next to them watching them play so like that was my version of twitch <laughs> Now you just made me miss Diablo 2. Diablo 4 did a, a good job of bringing that nostalgia back for me, but yeah, um, yeah, I. Whew, you just you just made me remember all of my my little my little Katie moments of playing on the computer, playing games I probably shouldn't have been playing because I was definitely too young to be playing Diablo, but like that was before like ratings really mattered. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I, whatever. It was fantasy violence, so it 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 wasn't real. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Batter Podcast. And you know, I had a great time, and we mm. had great topics to discuss. We had a lovely co-host, an amazing co-host, and yeah, thank you thank for you. being here. And thank you for having me. Always. I I love I love having this revolving door of co-hosts. It's something different. So not everybody is like because like you don't you, you know you like to talk about certain topics and other people like to talk about certain topics. So I I definitely am glad that I went this direction with the podcast and had, you know, I have revolving, you know, comeback um co-hosts i am in the works of planning something special for episode 50 Ooh. it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard to do but i'm hoping we can get it done because i think it would be really fun also very chaotic but 
time zones are a thing, so it's going to be tricky. If I have to, I might split it, but I don't want to give too much away because there's still things to be planned about it, and we're only on episode 20, so I have a little bit of ways to go. Yeah. Anyways, thank you guys for listening, and thank you guys for giving us a follow and for, you know, just, you know, being present. Um, Shout out to the people who are consistently listening to the podcast. Bale's information will be in the description box below. As always, if you guys have not checked her out, please go check her out. I'm going to link her YouTube um, this week too, since we did bring it up. She hasn't recently uploaded, so don't like get on her ass about that or anything. Like Life <laughs> things happen, but this, the topics that I mentioned are still prevalent and relevant, okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for joining me and I will catch you guys on the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Mwah.